Welcome back, Irish fans and maybe MSU fans, to Breaking Down Braves Boys podcast. Today I'm joined with Lansing State Journal columnist and co-host of The Couch and the Rue, um, Graham Couch. Thank you, Mr. Couch, for coming on and giving us a different perspective about this game. Uh, thanks for having me. So I guess we'll get right into it. Just can you give us a quick background about each member of the MSU starting five? And this is being filmed before the Wednesday game, so it might not even be finalized yet. Just give us who you think is going to be in it and a little background on each. Sure. I, I think it'll be Rocket Watts at point guard. Um, and uh, They haven't said that yet, but, I, I you know, it, if – it could be Foster Lawyer, but Rocket Watts is, is the guy they're counting on this year there. He is, he is a guy who is a natural scorer who is moving over to that position. Um, a terrific athlete. Guy can defensively get into you. Um, but, you know, and, and has point guard skills, but his instinct is scoring. So that will be really interesting to watch for this team is how he uh, handles that. But if they're going to put their best five on the floor uh, talent-wise, it includes him. So I, I, they, they want him to be successful at that position. Uh, shooting guard, you're going to have Joshua Langford, uh, who is, you know, I don't know how many minutes he'll, he'll give every night, but a guy coming off pretty much two years out injured and uh, was part of a, uh, a, a great uh, recruiting class a long time ago with Miles Bridges and Cassius Winston and those guys. And, um, you know, it was, was when he got hurt, was averaging 15 a game, was on his way to being a pro, was a really, really good scorer and, and, and player. And so, you know, is he the guy he was before? That's another question. I don't think they know, but can defend well, uh, good shooter, mid-range, and good three-point shooter, good leader. Uh, and on the wing, it'll be Aaron Henry, who flirted with the NBA draft. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not really sure why he did that, but I mean, he, he's going to be a pro eventually because he can defend at, at an NBA level. That's what they love him for. But he also sees the game well. He fits in any in any offense. It's not a not a scorer's mentality. Um, but he's um, a very skilled player, very, very, very good athlete, um, and um, can make people around him better. And it just, it's all about mindset with him, whether he's being really aggressive. At power forward, they have the transfer Joey Hauser from Marquette, uh, who Notre Dame fans are probably familiar with um, maybe a little bit. Um, he is a, uh, uh, I mean, very good offensive player. I mean, he can do a lot. What makes him from everything I've seen and remember at Marquette and is, is, you know, he, he's not just a stretch four. He's a guy who can play on the block. He's crafty on the drive when he, you know, and uh, defense is not necessarily his strength or wasn't before. We'll see how that goes. The five position. I don't know who's going to start. Um, and I don't, you know, you know, it, it's, I, I, I'm predicting Marcus Bingham jr. But th there's not a lot of separation with those guys could be Julius Marvel or Thomas Kithier. And um, it'll be one of those. And, and if it, it, you know, the, uh, the Marcus Bingham Jr., who I'm predicting will start 6'11 guy, 7'4 wingspan, has some guard skills, but that's become a problem for him as he likes to drift and shoot, and that's not what they want him to do. Uh, he's very slender. He's put on a little bit of muscle. Um, but that that's, um, you know, this will be the – I mean, he's replacing Xavier Tillman, and that's uh, – this is the first year that group is going to have to have a lot of responsibility on them. Definitely. You kind of emphasize defense with a guy like Rocket Watts and Josh Langford. Can you tell us about how good this team is defensively and if you think Notre Dame's going to struggle with that? 
So, yeah, that'll be – I mean, you're going to have to be able to deal with guys who can get into you. Because I think from a, from a uh, – you go those two, Langford and, and Watts, and then uh, all, along with Aaron Henry and that trio, you know, basically 6'5", 6'6", 6'2", but they're all athletic, especially Henry and, 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 um, and Watts, and they can get into you and cause disruption. You know, they have the chance to be the best defensive backcourt they've had since, like, Keith Appling and Gary Harris – which was, you know, 2013, 14, and, and really have that be a big part of their hallmark. And so, yeah, you're going to have to, to beat them. You're going to have to deal with guys getting into you and you're going to have to be as, as a point guard and play, you know, being a little uncomfortable. And um, I think that's going to be a real strength for this team. Yeah. Notre Dame fans definitely don't like to hear that, especially <laughs> with all the scoring that's going to come from our guards, probably the two best players on the team are guards right now. So. Not looking uh, good with that unless Cormac Ryan and Prentice Hub can really do something there. Um, I wanted to ask you, is there anything schematically unique about MSU? Like, for example, Gray runs the four, four out, one in offense, uh, fast pace, anything like that? Well, I mean, the thing they're known for, the thing that, that they're going to try and play with pace. They always want to run. They always say it. Turnovers can be an issue sometimes. This team, I think, really wants to run. Rocket Watts is a one-man fast break. I think he um, – you know, they want to, they want to get out and they get their wings moving. And, but defensively is what makes, I mean, Tom Izzo is in the hall of fame because of his defense. It's this uh, gap help defense. And it's, it's very, I mean, it's what they do and it's man defense, but it's, it's very much a team defense. And it's, um, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's not overly complex, but it's, um, it's the reason they're year in and year out, very successful, regardless of what they have offensively and what will be interesting to see is you know when they had Xavier Tillman on the back end that I mean he could switch out they could switch you know with him on a guard they could do a lot of things with ball screens and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that the flip side is they weren't as good defensively with Cassius Winston as a wonderful offensive player but with, they had to hide a little bit defensively and they just kind of got through it with him so uh, they'll be different in that in that regard um, but um but their defense is what they're famous for, and then they don't, they don't, you know, they don't go away from it. Mm -hmm. So we talked about a lot of what makes MSU really good, especially on defense. But let's take a look at what they're not good at. What's your biggest concern going into this game for MSU? There are a lot of questions. I mean, there are a lot of things that are unproven. The point guard position, number one, is, um, I mean, this could absolutely be a season where it takes a long time for them to figure out how they're going to do that. If Rocket Watts you know, it struggles at that position and, and it, it is, doesn't go well. And Foster Lawyer, the guy who was a, I mean, everybody says he's playing well and there's high hopes. He was elected one of the team captains. But for a lot of people, including myself, it's see it to believe it. He struggled the first two years to, uh, to play at the Big Ten level. And, and if he is in the game, uh, Notre Dame's guards will enjoy it. <laughs> he defensively is not going to bother you the same way. And part of it is his appearance. You know, he's this – he's listed at six feet. He's not six feet, but he's this, you know, 5'11", 5'10", uh, white guy. It looks like he should have been on the Brady Bunch or something. And he walks in the game, and the opposing team just goes – the opposing guards go lunch. Like, that. That I'm going at this guy. And you see it. I mean, there have been some famous incidents for them. Uh, against Northwestern, his freshman year, he got in the game, and Boo Booey – I think it was two years ago. Maybe it was last year. I – um, scored like 10 points in like 45 seconds against him. I forget how quickly it was, but they had to pull him out. Like it was 
guys just say, this is my time. I'm going at this guy. And he's got to survive that. So uh, the, the, the contrast defensively between Watts and him is severe. Um, and, and, you know, you don't know what Langford's going to be. And um, they've got a lot of questions. His backup uh, is a guy and Gabe Brown, who I think is going to be the sixth man could be very, very good, but hasn't been consistent. Um, you know, they, there hasn't been a lot of separation inside at the five position. So there are a number of things in terms of how it all fits and how it comes together. That they're going to be trying to figure out. Um, I, I think their ceiling is very high, but I also think it, it might not, there's a chance it just doesn't happen. It, it, it doesn't fit. And um, so that, that those, that, their weakness to me more is more about fit and figuring things out than pound for pound talent. I think they're very good. Definitely. There's a lot of co- or questions all around college basketball, especially with that kind of stuff, like fit, especially with the shortened off season. I also wanted to add uh, Notre Dame was looking at Fletcher Lawyer, Foster's brother, and yeah. I can confirm they do not look uh, super intimidating when you see him come off the bench. <laughs> they, they, they do not. And it, it, is, it is interesting. One of my favorite things to do is watch the eyes of the opposing guard when Foster Lawyer checks in. And, and I think there's a lot to it. I think that some of it is, you know, Michigan State is a place that a lot of guys want to play. Um, and so if you're at a mid-major school, but you're an athletic guard, you're thinking, why did they recruit this dude? And I'm, and I'm, I'm playing here at Valpo or wherever I'm at. You know what I mean? Like that's and, – and you think I, I can take him. And, and um, I mean, he was recruited because he was a, a prolific high school um, point guard offensively and scorer and shooter. And, but he struggled to deal with pressure and, and – um, and he was also playing behind Cassius Winston for a couple of years. So the drop-off seemed very severe at that position in terms of what he, what he provided. Mm-hmm, for sure. It sounds like the point guard position is going to be really interesting to watch, especially against Prentice Hub, who's probably the most uh, guaranteed. Like he's the – we know what we have in him the most yeah. out of anybody. So it's going to be really interesting to watch that matchup. Um, no, and there's value in that, right? I mean, there's – value in that, in that position having – I mean, that's the thing that Michigan State doesn't have is they don't know. You might see Aaron Henry facilitate at the one. You might see – I mean, they're, they're, they're going to have to figure that out on the fly a little bit. Mm-hmm, for sure. What do you think Michigan State has to do to beat Notre Dame? It'll be, it'll be interesting because to, to me – and, and you know, I've, I've only studied the Notre Dame team a little, but I've watched – you know, I'm a hoops junkie. I watch a lot of, a lot of basketball and a lot of – I think they've got to make them uncomfortable. I think this is a um, offensively, you know, there are athletically, I think Michigan state has a lot of advantages in this game. And so, but if they don't make them uncomfortable, they're trying to figure themselves out. If they don't get into them defensively and, and, and aren't able to run, if this winds up being, uh, you know, a half court game and Notre Dame gets in a rhythm, um, then, then I think it'll, it'll be close. Um, They've got to they've got to make Notre Dame uncomfortable athletically. They've got to impose their athleticism on people, uh, especially in that that uh, that backcourt. Because you know they 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 other than Foster Lawyer, uh, you know even their six man Gabe Brown is two guard is like basically six foot seven. He's long. He's wiry. You know they they can cause problems for you matchup wise, um, but that that's 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 really the key for them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I agree with that for sure, because last year at times we saw Prentice Hub struggle with that kind of ball pressure against like Trey Jones, turn the ball yeah. over like six possessions in a row or something, and then pretty much screwed us out of that game. We barely beat Clemson without Amir Sims, their number one scorer. And 
everything like that just because the ball pressure got to him so much. So I think that's definitely going to be a big key if Michigan State can do that. Um, is there a player on Michigan State that you think Notre Dame fans should be worried about going into this game? Well, it's a good question. I, I think Joey Hauser is a guy that you know, all of us are starting to wait to see how he fits. And I have, you know, and I mean, he, he looks like the real deal offensively uh, as, as a I mean, and there's not been a transfer at MSU that has been this anticipated in at least a couple decades. So, you know, Again, I, I saw him play a lot of practice last year, but he was on the scout team. Um, and Michigan State has a lot of open practices for media, so or not in a pandemic, but in normal years. Um, so you got to see him a little bit, but that's playing a very different role than he is now. And um, from what I remember, Marquette, he, I mean, and he's had two years to develop and, and grow and get stronger and older. And uh, I, I think he is – because what, what happens with a guy like Hauser is if everything else – is going well in terms of your ability to impose your will on people athletically. And then you add somebody like him offensively that can hit threes at the, from the four spot, can drive, you can run through. I, I think you, your chance to overwhelm people begins with you're able to have the advantage athletically on the perimeter. And then a guy like that is just a little too much. Mm -hmm, for sure. Definitely sounds uh, reminiscent of what we've been going through with Cormac Ryan this year. Uh, I mean, you guys have had more of a look at, Hauser than we have with Ryan. I don't think any Notre Dame fan or media has really seen him play with the team. So definitely weird situation. It, and it makes it fun. It makes it intriguing. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I, this team is somebody I've covered Michigan State for about eight years now. And, and um, you know, I grew up, I grew up around here as well. So I've got a sense of um, teams of past, but there have not been many teams where you went into a season and thought, boy, this is going to be really interesting to watch, like how all this comes together and different guys you haven't seen in their current roles. So much of the last two years was Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman. And those two guys are gone. And, and, and yet, pound for pound, I think they're probably better athletically and as players. But that's not what made those other teams great. I mean, Tillman and, and Winston were wonderful players, but the collective was so good and so connected. And, um, and you know, I, I don't know that that'll be the same now. Yeah, agreed. This year is just so interesting. I was, I kind of was going to go off of what you said. I mean, there's just so much uncertainty. I don't know if you have heard about Trey Wirtz, but there's literally four days until the season when we're filming this, and we don't know if he's eligible. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a you know, and, and we've already seen games get canceled for this this opening, you know, and and whether games are going to be played, I think in the, you know, I think every team is probably going to wind up having at least two, three games that don't happen. And um, because they or the opponent are dealing with something, because what you don't have is like in football, you've got a, uh, you know, a COVID positivity rate percentage threshold of like 5% for your team in the big 10. And, but that's still like five guys in football. So you can, in basketball, that, that's, that's one dude, you know, <laughs> like, so you get one situation and, and all of a sudden you've got a game that's canceled either you or your opponent. And so I think yeah, I hope most of these games are played and we get to enjoy a, well, not a normal season, at least a, a season of regular games. Because I think there are going to be a lot of weird things. The idea that there are no fans of these games is going to be, you know, in, in other sports, we've gotten used to it a little bit. And I, I think we will eventually in college basketball. But I don't think there's any sport where the the, the crowd impacts momentum and, and, and the home road swing is so dramatic is college hoops. And so I think... Uh, I think that'll be jarring even for home teams f for a little while, uh, even more so than it has been in football.
Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, that definitely helps Notre Dame because we've had attendance issues and Michigan State was going to be electric for the home opener. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, I know Notre, or, uh, Michigan State plays Eastern Michigan on Wednesday. This is going to come out after that probably. But if Notre Dame fans watch that game, what do you think they should be looking for? Not to read too much into how everything looks 100% because they Eastern Michigan, Rob Murphy, the coach there, comes from Syracuse. They play the matchup zone. And so the game will look a little – I mean, Michigan State's going to be trying to figure out its offense and a new point guard. Uh, you know, they'll overwhelm Eastern Michigan in certain ways. But that, that zone makes it a different-looking game than it is otherwise that they play. And so there will be elements to that that are just – just kind of funky and quirky and, and don't look like um, I think it'll look Saturday. So, uh, you know, I would take certain things away from, you know, how they, how it all looks coming together. And, and if, if anybody stands out in particular, but I also, I have made the mistake in writing columns before, you know, you can have a guy who really fits and becomes an integral part of playing against that sort of team and has a big game and then doesn't in, in other games. And so, um, I, I think for that reason, it's a little bit of a, uh, a throwaway. Yeah, for sure. We've, def- we've seen that too with Notre Dame, with Dane Goodwin kind of. I mean, he, when we play against two, three zones against like Syracuse, Georgia Tech, he's just sitting in the free throw line, turns around, and he's got 12 points every night. So, And that's not necessarily the case, but every – Yeah, game. no, I've written, I've written a couple horrible columns. <laughs> now I look back on it, one on uh, – uh, there's a guy named Javon Bess who – they were playing – it could have been Eastern. It could have been – it was somebody else, too. Um, it was a zone situation similar, and he just had this – he was just fantastic at finding gaps and playing well. And, you know, I, I thought, boy, this guy can really be a critical piece for them. And within a year, he transferred to St. Louis. So, <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think MSU's offense and their team in general is going to change with Rocket instead of Cassius Winston? Well, yeah, they won't live in the ball screen. I mean, they ran ball screen after ball screen after ball screen and just wore you out with with um, Tillman and, and, and Cassius Winston. And um, I, I don't think that the game will funnel through one player the same way. Uh, I think their plan is to be even more up and down. Watts is a very good athlete, very fast. Uh, I mean, he, he can turn a corner on you. I mean, he's a much better athlete than Winston in that sense. Um, and so I think you'll see a team that wants to go. And um, whether that works or not with an efficient offense it still remains to be seen. But, yeah, it will look different because, you, you, I mean, Watts, does, Watts just doesn't need a ball screen to get by you. And, um, you know, that's – I mean, he's, he's really got those some, – some gifts there um, that, that, that Winston didn't in that sense. But the other sense is there was no more efficient player in college basketball than Cassius Winston. And – you know, he, I mean, if you look at the efficiency numbers at MSU with him on the floor, it's the possessions are just out of this world. And I don't think that will be this Michigan State team. I don't think it'll be uh, anywhere near as efficient a team. For sure. Uh, I think Notre Dame fans are pretty familiar with Rocket Watts, especially if you follow the high school scene, just with Lamelo and all that. I don't know if you remember that, but everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people were saying Rocket is better than Lamelo back then. So, should be really interesting to see him take the lead. Um, yeah, now, no, he, you know, he was a guy last year too who he got, re- he played really well late and they were a lot better for it. It was sort of an under, 
sort of a sidebar storyline of why they were playing so well so late. And, and obviously Xavier Tillman was playing at an incredible level and Cassius Winston had a horrible, um, uh, had just a devastating uh, tra tragedy in his own family. It had a tough year, and, but it was really coming around. But w Watts, who had been injured early, uh, was playing at a, a different level. And, and both with the efficiency and um, scoring and, and, and when to get his shots and, and how to carry them at times. And, but now he goes into a very different role. So, mm -hmm, For sure. And then before I let you go and finish up the preview from a Notre Dame perspective, uh, I'm, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say for this, but what's your prediction for this game? You know, so I, because again, I, I haven't seen MSU play yet. And I, you know, I've, seen enough talented teams still need to find it out of the gate. I, I, I would be surprised if they run Notre Dame out of the building for a couple of reasons. One, I, I think Notre Dame's, I know they've lost some guys here, but I think they're a little too seasoned for that. And I, I think you not having a crowd makes a big difference in terms of momentum. Um, and I, and I do think that Michigan state is going to be still figuring it out. I, I think MSU will probably win. I would say win the game by, you know, eight, eight, 10 points and, and probably look like the team that has some advantages. But I, I, I struggle to see this as a game that's, that's, that's all that lopsided. Mm -hmm, for sure. I agree. I think it's going to be pretty similar to that. I'll say that later on. But uh, this is a Notre Dame team that's – I know you said they lost some guys, and they did. But this group has been practicing together for a whole year already, even with the transfers. I mean, that lineup's been together. We saw it at times last year, just with no Cormac Ryan. So I think they're definitely, uh, they definitely have an advantage because they've been together for a while. And uh, this could be a really good game. Hopefully Notre Dame comes out on top, but not super optimistic. Well, and I'm, I'm hopeful. That, I mean, this really ought to be an annual series. Um, to me, it just regionally makes so much sense. And there was a lot of bad blood for a lot of years between uh, Digger Phelps and, and Judd Heathcote. And that's why that didn't happen. Um, after the 79, um, they hadn't played since until 2014, they hadn't played since the 79 uh, Elite Eight game. But, you know, and I know Mike Braid isn't necessarily scheduled the, the most difficult non-conference schedules all the time, but it just doesn't hurt anybody to lose this game. And that's why I think it should be, there's just no, there's, there's no disadvantage. I mean, they've played twice because of the ACC Big Ten Challenge in recent years. They've split those two games. I, if you lose at Michigan State, it just doesn't hurt you. And if, and, and if Notre Dame's having a really good year and, and Michigan State loses, I, I, don't, I don't get why these two teams, as close as they are, and one of the things I hope comes out of a pandemic where teams are looking at budgets more carefully and what makes more sense for them to do, uh, to me, Notre Dame, Michigan State should be, um, if not part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, it should be something that they schedule on their own uh, just about annually. It makes too much sense. Yeah, agreed. I think – I agree with you. There's nothing bad that can come out of this game. And uh, Bray's really shared that mindset this offseason. I don't know how much you've seen of Notre Dame's non-conference, but it might be the toughest in the entire country. So, Well, I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to see that because that hasn't always been his – I mean, he's been pretty, you know, pretty open about the idea in previous years trying to schedule wins, you know. And, and so that's that's good to, good to see because I think he's a really good coach and he's done a lot of good things there. And, and uh, I just – to me, it should be something that's just kind of a, a classic game that people look forward to every November and December. For sure. We definitely had some good battles in the past, and hopefully Saturday is another one. Notre Dame can 
take the 2-1 lead on them in recent years. But that's all I have. Unless you have anything else you want to say about MSU, uh, we can let things play out. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, and uh, thanks for having me on. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming on, man. Uh, I'm sure the Notre Dame fans will enjoy this. So, No, Talk thanks, Joey. And anytime, um, hopefully we can do this again. All right, so now that we've talked to an expert about Michigan State, let's take a look at the game preview from a Notre Dame perspective. So first, I'm going to dive into Michigan State versus Eastern Michigan. Happened a little bit ago, um, and it happened after we filmed originally. So um, some stuff has changed since we talked, but most of it's the same. Foster Lawyer started a point guard over um, Rocket Watts, which I think a lot of us didn't expect considering that a lot of people thought Rocket Watts could have been their best player going into this game. Uh, Lawyer finished with 20 points, and Watts finished with two on one for six shooting from the field. Uh, I think this was partly due to Lawyer uh, having a better skill set to play against the zone, which Eastern Michigan ran the entire game. So I think that was a big part of it. Um, Watts, I don't know, he looked, he looked okay as a facilitator, kept moving the ball, didn't really force a lot. Um, But I think he's going to have a way bigger role against Notre Dame, especially if Gray runs man. Um, Joey Hauser, the transfer, had 15 points, five turnovers, didn't look great uh, at times, but had like eight points in a row. So that was big. Joshua Langford finished with 10 and looked healthy. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of all the notable stuff from this game. There's a bit more, but they looked really good. but Eastern Michigan was depleted a, uh, a lot, 183-67. And I don't know. I, I think Foster Lawyer is going to start against Notre Dame, but I think we're going to see Rocker Watts have a way bigger role than he had today just because of the defense Notre Dame plays. And uh, if Lawyer, or if Watts, if he gets going uh, early in the game, I could see Bray going back to his own kind of to stop what he was doing, uh, what he does early on in the game. And maybe they could get him back to his production from tonight, which was very minimal. So I guess that's kind of all I have for that game. Now on to what Bray said about this game. I don't have a clip of what he was saying, so um, I'll just read off kind of what he said and summarize it. But normally I'll have a clip of what he said. Um, he was talking about their transition game and how you have to stop them from getting out on the run, uh, which is going to be a big thing. Their pick-and-roll offense, which is another reason why I think they could – go into a 2-3 zone uh, is to kind of prevent that, Um, especially if they have Zona and Goodwin in the the game at the same time. I think it's really likely you see him drop into a zone at times uh, with Hauser and their quick guards. I think Zona might have a tough time switching onto them. Um, So I I would think that maybe they'll try to slow Michigan State's offense down, who likes to run a lot with a 2-3 zone or a 3-2, whatever they want to run. But – that's one thing I think they could do based on what he was talking about. He also keyed in on them playing – or uh, them being physical down low and getting rebounds. Uh, he talked about how they're a great rebounding team. So I think that's going to be a big key for them too. Um, so I guess now I'll go into my keys for the game after Bray said what he said. Um, my first key is to start off strong. It's opening night. MSU likes to put pressure on guards. Uh, and Prentice Hub has struggled with that at times early in games. You saw it in the Clemson game last year and the Duke game. So I think if uh, they can start off strong, don't turn the ball over early. And 
I think they'll be in a better spot if that happens. Another thing kind of segueing into it is control the turnover battle. Um, you got to slow them down. Can't let them get on the run, which is something they love to do. You saw it a lot tonight against Eastern Michigan early on in the game, forcing turnovers, getting out on the break and making plays. Um, and then the third thing I have is control the tempo. Rocket Watts, if he's the point guard, he's going to want to get out and run. Uh, Lawyer's going to want to do the same thing. So you're going to want to slow them down. And Bray was talking about putting an emphasis on playing fast offensively. I think they have to do that also. So to control the tempo on both ends. And I think they'll be in a way better spot for it. Um, and then my matchup to watch. So my matchup to watch is going to be Cormac Ryan versus Joshua Langford. Langford came out and looked really good tonight. Uh, he looked healthy after playing, not playing for a really long time. Um, so I think him and Cormac is going to be the matchup to watch just because of how good of a defender Langford is. Uh, I think if you can limit Cormac, Michigan State is going to be in a really good spot. And it's Cormac's first game, so if he get if he comes out guns blazing, scores in the double digits, uh, and really is a, a playmaker for the offense, I think they'll be in really good shape. Um, but if not, if Langford wins this matchup, I think Notre Dame's going to have a really hard time. Going to have to rely on Prentice Hub, Dane Goodwin, Nate Durham. Uh, I don't know how much any of them can do, especially against the good perimeter defense Michigan State has. Um, so kind of segueing into that, my leading scorer, I'm going to go with Nate because I don't know how good of a defender Hauser is. Uh, Hub is also an option, especially if Fletcher Lawyers – or well, Fletcher Lawyer, not Foster Lawyer, not Fletcher. Uh, if P. Hub is being guarded by Foster Lawyer, I think he's going to have a huge night. That's kind of why I think Rocket's going to have a bigger role because he's a way better defender than Foster is. But uh, I think P-Hub can really take advantage of that matchup if that's what it ends up being. And then my prediction, based off how MSU looked tonight, I'm going to go MSU by five to seven. I'm optimistic of what Notre Dame can do. Uh, it's just MSU is at home. Uh, they're going to be a huge pain in our guard sides. And our guards are most of our scoring. So... I think it's going to be a really tough game. Um, Western Michigan, they're looking tough too. So I think this is going to be a really important game. If they can come out and win this, they'll be in great shape heading into conference play and the rest of the tough non-conference schedule. But I don't know. I think it's going to be really tough. Uh, that's why I predicted MSU to come out and win. But if some things can go Notre Dame's way, like the Cormac versus Langford matchup, if Lawyers ends up starting the game, and if we get a big game out of either Durham or Lashevsky, I think we're going to be in really good shape. So that's kind of all I have for this one. Thank you guys for watching. Go Irish, and we'll be back with a Western Michigan versus Notre Dame preview in a couple of days. Peace.